the sun is out, but the fun is inside. That's right. This is another <laughs> episode of the Discard Pile. As always, I'm here with Robin and Amy, me being Jim, and we're here to discuss a great topic today. Uh, it is just past the Gen Con convention, so we'll be going through our top lists of what we're looking forward to play and purchase from, from Gen Con. Um, but first, something that happened in our last podcast, we mentioned the Vancouver Math Trade. Yeah, me and AB uh, both went to the Math Trade and both got some new games. A couple for me, but mostly traded away. Like Usually I trade away at Math Trades. Um, I get mostly trade for cash, so therefore um the gift of shelf space is what i'm looking for <laughs> yeah for sure math trades great to like get rid of a bunch of games or get a bunch of games a lot of people just trade for cash so if you're looking to sell games it's a great way to do it without too much hassle or if you're looking to buy games really cheap it's a it's a good way to buy games really cheap too um i bought a bunch of games because i didn't get my games posted in time sadly but you know next time it comes around once every couple months so usually three or four times a year yeah it's great um juxtatype puts it on we appreciate it very much it's always it's always nice to see the community come out to those events um especially post pandemic the vancouver board game society as such is quite close i feel um i know a bunch of people that i haven't even played games with so diving into what we traded away or got uh i traded away a few well i think eight Nice. This is like the first time AB hasn't told us beforehand what he was putting up for trade. Or at least (laughs) I feel like I had this was like the first math trade I wasn't really paying attention to. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be like a complete shock for me (laughs) and disappointment if he's traded something that I really wanted to play. There's a couple shockers on this list, I would say. Yeah, there's one that I was thinking about whether I would trade. Like there's one, well, Anno 1800 was Mm -hmm. one that Mm -hmm. got traded away. Mm -hmm. I played it four or five times probably yeah and i heard that's enough yeah and it just didn't feel like it changed much yeah. between each game like of course you're tactically your card your hand is different but your goal is the same mm-hmm. and i know there's an expansion on the horizon by you know it does change the end game uh quite a bit um for those that don't know anno ends the game when somebody plays out all their cards and so it's definitely a unique uh kind of end game mechanism but the expansion is supposed to like you know vary that up mm-hmm. like change the so it could be interesting but i didn't want to hang on just in case mm-hmm. it got better um especially because there's no announced date right uh the another one i think all these i traded away for that same exact reason like how how or how was another one um i played about six times it was a fun game yeah it was a fun game again very much about the tactical nature of the uh, cards because uh, Endgame scoring goal is very much the same in each one. Uh, you have some variable endgame, but you're really trying to push your little cottage across your board. But yeah, it felt like I, I went through all the decks, so it felt mm-hmm. like I had seen most of most of what the game had offered. Um, and same with uh, the last one I'll talk about, which is Kazuka, which we did play. But game to game, not really that different. Yeah. I would say Kazuka was the one that felt the most unique mm-hmm. between all those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't turn down a, a game of it. I just don't don't know if I would go back that yeah. often. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. I mean, I'm a big culprit of this is just keeping games because they're maybe not the best games, but they show off something that's 
mm. so different than every other game that I keep them in my collection. But the problem is when you go to pull a game off the shelf to play for game night, often you're wanting to pick a game that's a little more solid mechanically and not just a game that has like a unique gimmick. Right. And I end up with a lot of those games. So you're, <laughs> you're better at getting rid of them than I am. Yeah. Anything you got rid of? No. No, I just oh. put some cash up and right. I got some games. Some good ones for sure. I got a bunch of games that actually I got rid of a long time ago and would like to try again. And because it's all these games are like 10 or 20 bucks, it's pretty easy just to click on like 30 games that you would be interested in. Say I'll pay 10 to 20 bucks for all these games and then see what you get. It's like a little lottery system. Mm-hmm. So I got Civilization and New Dawn, mm-hmm. which we played before. Didn't really have the best time. It has the same mechanic as Ark Nova, though, with the moving line of actions, which is mm-hmm. the first time I've seen it um, and it was really unique, really cool. But the game on the board itself wasn't that interesting. But apparently there's an expansion that makes it uh, a little more unique. What else so did I pick The opposite up? reason to what AB <laughs> traded away for. Yeah, exactly. The hope of an expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if I can find and pick it up, then I think we should play again. If not, you know, it can sit on my shelf for 10 bucks and... Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about it. And then it can trade away or we can play it one day. Who knows? Um, Newton was a game that I played when it was super hot. Mm-hmm. Didn't love it. Traded it away for 20 bucks. I was like, right. yeah, I'll put this back on my shelf. I'll play it a couple more times with my wife or whoever wants to play it. Make sure that those same feelings that I had are are still there. Uh, Jim's been playing it a bit, I think, right? Online? Yeah, I played a couple of games online. I did really like it. Oh, okay. But I got rid of it because... I soloed it maybe oh, like 30 so sometime. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I got pretty good at it. Hmm. All right. <laughs> so there was just a couple of tracks on the board that were a bit boring. Um, and felt yeah. I, like, I love the map bonusing, though. Yeah. Like the that, that was the best part. I like filling out my shelves with books yeah. and mm-hmm. unlocking mm-hmm. those bonuses. But I did not like working. Right. And I just felt like it was about the same experience solo so that's why i just it was at that point i was like kind of interested in solo gaming so yeah maybe i'll try it solo a couple times and see how it works there uh and then finally i picked up trails of dukana which is like a more laid-back version of avenue which is same designers probably one of my top three roll and writes uh i've been playing that a bunch this week and my wife really loves it and yeah it's just a fun roll and write game it's a flip and fill, actually, but yeah, it's just chill, chill it's rolling, a right? Chill game, yeah. you know, and sometimes that's what you want. So yeah, and it's dry erases. Dry, it? Yeah. Uh, it, it is paper. now. <laughs> oh, okay, it is now. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh, it's become. It has a dry become erase. a dry erase. Yeah. A couple of laminators in the group. Yeah. So it's a good thing to do for sure. The two I acquired mm-hmm. um, out of all of that, uh, one was Whale Riders, which mm. is. Uh, definitely hard to get because there was a little controversy yeah. between the publisher and Reiner Knizia, who's the designer, and they lost the rights to it and to yeah. distribute it. Um, so some copies got out via Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some, you know, warehouse copies were allowed to be sold in the end. Uh, so there are copies floating around. But one that I've been wanting to try since the Kickstarter, I didn't, I didn't back air or anything, but... I thought it looked like an interesting quick set collection game. And then the other one was uh, Praga Kaput Regni. Eggs. Uh, by Vladimir <laughs> Suchi. Yeah. And this one I kind of wanted to try just because we had just recently played Woodcraft. And I yeah. was like, oh, it uses a similar wheel mechanism. 
incentivizing actions and, and so on. So I thought I would pick it up again and, and try it. Turns out Jim's played this one. Yeah, I've played it a few times. Um, yeah, it is a game that I feel like both of you should try, but I don't expect it to stay in your collection. Mm. Right. It's not a bad game by any means, and it's actually pretty unique. It's just everything that is on the game. So there's about, there's like a area control there is a building your own kingdom part of it there's a bridge building race ish and there's just a number of things you can do in the game and it never feels like anything connects very well right Um, but it is a game about comboing a lot of things but the combos don't really feel as satisfying Mm. to do not like as integrated like woodcraft yeah 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 but it was a solid idea yeah this action wheel was fun it's less interesting than woodcraft it's just if you take an action that's being used recently you get negative victory points if you take an action that hasn't been used in a while you get positive victory points okay so more like a timing yeah yeah Um, but there's bonuses on certain actions which are there regardless of timing and is a pretty solid game just a a bit disconnected in its Mm -hmm. mechanics is is what i feel but Mine is just one opinion of many. Well, we'll see how that yeah, is. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll definitely play mm-hmm. it, for sure. I'm also very excited for the new shipyard from Vladimir Suchi. <laughs> what a boring thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 just building ships. What a boring thing. They, testing wait, them out. They didn't retheme this one? No, no just the shipyard. Everyone loves the ships, Jim. I well, love ships. I yeah. haven't played it, and I feel like it's a game I will definitely enjoy because it's rondelles within rondelles. Rondelles um, and yeah, rondelles. Like six, yeah. six, five or six rondelles. And I'm a rondel guy. Uh, but yeah, notoriously, Robin dislikes this game. Finds it's... I, I wish I, I should play it again. I mean, the one time I played was fine. Mm-hmm. It yeah. For context, this is the most negative I've heard Robin talk about any game. <laughs> That's not true that at is, all. That is not true at all. True. I'm sure it's yeah. a great game. I'm sure it's a great game. Mm-hmm. I'll play AB's new copy. Yeah. We'll get a, a Do the ships at least look better? I think so. I mm-hmm. haven't seen much of the new nice. artwork. You can make but... hilariously long ships. You know when you take a, like a panorama and then like someone is moving through it so like, oh, yeah, they yeah, look yeah, like yeah. they have a mm-hmm. giant body? Mm-hmm. There'll be some big ships out there. And you can make tiny ships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. But yeah, that's our discussion about the Vancouver math trade. Yeah, it was fun to do. If you have never done a math trade before, I highly recommend it. Especially for ones in person. For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah the shipping ones, yeah, a lot of risk. We're insanely lucky to have math trades in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're a board gamer, you should take advantage of that because it's, it's a yeah. huge luxury that most places don't have. But an event happened last weekend um, that we want to talk about today, and that is Gen Con. Yeah, Gen Con is the largest board game convention in North America. It used to be that, you know, not many would release at Gen Con, but now and now you see more more and more more aiming to release at Mm. at Gen Con. And it is the release of the last year's batch of Essen games in North America, usually. Yeah. North American publishers will release at that point. Today we'll be talking about three games from Gen Con that we're all very excited about. Yeah, there's tons of hot games coming out of Gen Con, so these aren't necessarily the hottest of those games, but they all definitely caught our eye and uh, are all super interesting and definitely deserve a spot on anyone's list looking for new games coming out this year. Yeah, I admit that. I mean, you guys do a bit more detailed research on games you might be interested in. I just looked at theme. 
And I love the theme of all three of these games that I've selected. I think that's a, a super normal way to look at these lists. I'm a normal guy. <laughs> it's hard to, you know, understand mechanics without seeing it played in front of you or reading a rule book. And most of the stuff we have right now is, you know, a little information about how it's played, but mostly about the theme, about the designer. And, you know, that's going to influence a huge amount of what, what we put on these lists. Mm-hmm. Sure. And without further ado, my first game is Galactic Cruise, a game designed by first timer, I think, TK King and uh, about to be published by Kinson Key Games. Galactic Cruise is a worker placement game pr- primarily where each player is running a company that is building spaceships, attracting um, tourists to fly them out to visit places like the moon, Mars, and Saturn. They will be vying for resources to build their ships to be able to feed and keep their tourists alive on the journey and effectively earn a lot of money while doing so. Our group, I feel, has a bit of a distaste for worker placements. I just feel like we haven't found like a worker placement game that we are all very excited about to play and replay. And this mm-hmm. uses that worker placement mechanism where you can kick out workers right so effectively you place a worker do the actions uh and one of the actions is claiming your workers back which i always find a fun we twist on the worker placement mechanism uh because it really encourages you to not only just go your own strategy but take actions that other players might want to use so you don't have to waste your time recalling your workers back to your playing area i mean i kind of disagree about the worker placement i think we all like worker Mm -hmm. placement but i don't think it's a mechanic that excites us anymore you know i I do think there needs to be a twist we see worker placement and we think okay this is like you know there are three dozen games we've played yeah you place a worker get a resource is very boring but for something like lorenzo of magnifico where the worker is actually modified by a dice value and you have to play around that that's interesting yeah yeah, so I don't think this has too much originality in its worker placement mechanism apart from that. But what really attracted me to the gameplay uh, was that it feels way more interactive than a lot of worker placement games where maybe the interaction level is just um, blocking off a spot. This is, oh, you're going to this location to buy a whole bunch of food and um other resources for your own mission i go there replenish everything and earn a lot of money i love a little push pull in my games as far as resource commodities go and this game has a lot of that it also has interesting ways to score everything's about timing in this game so you can claim routes for your galactic crews before actually committing to them and then plan when to actually execute them uh at later times so yeah, I think it's a really interesting d- design. I don't think it's really pushing the envelope in any particular direction, but I'm looking forward to a worker placement game that is high in interactive mechanisms. I, I really like this theme. And it's funny, th- this game really blew up after the art started getting revealed. Hmm. You know, Ian O'Toole being yeah. the artist, uh, the front of the box is very striking. It. I was following it before the art was released. I was almost in a playtest of it, and it just didn't Ooh. work out timing-wise. And then a week later, they released the box art, <laughs> and there was like 500 people asking to be a playtester. Yeah. So the Ian O'Toole effect. 
Yeah, it really does affect a game, but I'm happy that you're excited to play it. And yeah, also a one that was on my radar and Mm -hmm. I'm excited to try. And that was Galactic Cruise, a worker placement game from Gen Con that I'm really looking forward to test out. Okay. Uh, The first one I'll talk about is actually an older title that is getting a North American release, I believe. It's Ensemble. And this one is a limited communication co-op. And it's just a genre I do enjoy. But this one is kind of in the vein of like Mysterium mm-hmm. uh, kind of games where you reveal a row of cards. And as as the rounds go on, it gets more difficult, like more cards are added to the uh, row. Uh, everybody has the same information. So you reveal a card and you try to pick secretly pick a number, um, which which photo or sorry, like artwork best matches the card that was revealed. OK, so it's there is a lot of variability because it depends on the board state depends on the card that's drawn but it is the sort of like mysterium dixit style cards that are so it's another spin spin on that but cooperatively you have to all reveal the same number so you're trying to like think about what other people are thinking um, and you can you know discuss it afterwards but there's no communication before so very simple to teach probably a very quick to table kind of game but you're trying to get to level nine before you lose the game this sounds a lot like a game I played a long time ago that I really love called Plucking Pairs. Did you ever play this? Plucking Pairs. You put seven photos out on the table. Everyone has to match two of them up. So there's three pairs and one by itself. And then you get points for every other person that created the same matches as you. So same idea. You're, mm-hmm. you're matching art with art. Not cooperative. I think I'd like the cooperative aspect a little bit more in games mm-hmm. like this. Just because it, I don't know, it feels more exciting to be working together in such a light game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it sounds really really cool i kind of passed this over as you know a dixit style filler um but you talking about the mechanics makes it sound a little more interesting than a clone of something like that what's in the realm of like just one or something it's a little like co-op kind of party game yeah so i think it's funny how these games like i wouldn't play dixit anymore but i would play just one Mm -hmm. um and they're very similar and like this is the same with art uh for some reason it being co-op seems like you know, just the way to go with this style of light game. Yeah. Maybe a lot similar to like Bo Roddy. Oh, I don't the, think like, I played that. Oh, the like artwork theft yeah. or not. Yeah. The little rat mm-hmm. um, artwork game, hmm. which is getting a new edition this year, I think. Hmm. So, yeah. And that was Ensemble. Mine are, are three very anticipated games. The first one is uh, The Fox Experiment by Elizabeth Hargrave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she did Wingspan, mm-hmm. uh, which was a huge game. And this one follows it up with another, you know, nature-esque theme. I at first heard about this game because uh, I've, you know, I've read some some science books that have talked about uh, the theme of this game. The theme of this game is that in 1884, uh, some Russian scientists did experiments on foxes. And the goal of these experiments were to breed foxes that were kinder to humans and that were more domesticated each year or each season of fox breeding would involve looking at the foxes seeing how they acted around humans and then breeding those foxes with other foxes that were also kind to humans Mm -hmm. after just a few generations these foxes were super super domesticated and were expressing traits that were not expressed in any of the first or second generation foxes and had totally changed in their behavior. Yeah, so this runs along Robin's theme. He's a big biology-themed game fan. 
Darwin's Journey. Yeah. One of his favorite games from this year. <laughs> I like that theme. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this one's a historic theme. And although animal testing is not really something I want to participate in, because it's historic and it was such a revealing experiment in the past, I think learning about it now is interesting uh, and a unique theme. So what are the mechanics of this game? Each year you roll some dice and you create uh, a new generation of foxes. And hopefully those foxes have the traits that you are looking for. Um, Each generation is then used to create a future generation. And you continue like that until the game ends. And then you check if your foxes have the correct traits that will score you the most points. Mm -hmm. Are these correct traits predefined or they? They seem to be, yeah, predetermined at the beginning of the game. Uh, and then you're hopefully making uh, foxes that are going to behave in that way. Yeah, I was definitely drawn in by the theme. So I back this. So we'll Perfect. be coming Very excited. at some point. I feel like we've played another game that, you know, that biology square grid of recessive yeah. and dominant genes. Yeah, we played genotype. Yeah, yeah, genotype. Genotype. Yeah, it, it's similar, but that was more you were just putting dice on spaces and this feels more like you're actually rolling with the punches of creating new generations because it's not always going to work out and you're hopefully you know making it work but i think working with a lot of that randomness is a big part of genetics and hopefully this game will show that more in the mechanics than something like genotype did anyway this is you know i think it's a simulation in a lot of senses um the theme is pulled out of history it's pulled out of reality uh, it was many years ago. Yeah, I do enjoy games where I get to learn something about it. You know. Yeah, you're learning about our past. You're learning about science. And I think you're, you're learning about genetics a lot more than you would in any other game I can think of on the market. So. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of precedent for that. Like PAX Premier um, is a great example of something where it's not necessarily glorifying colonial colonialism, right. um, but it's really interesting learning about the history of the region. And the powers that exist in that region at the yeah. time. So. It's not something that I'm happy that happened, but, you know, it's interesting to look back on our past and see that these things did happen. Um, and maybe these were the reasons why. And they probably weren't very good reasons, but at least we can understand what was happening at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, not glorify it. But yeah. Just learn. Anyway, that's uh, the Fox Experiment. On to clowns. My next game is Free Ring Circus, a game designed by Remo Conzadori and Fabio Lopiano. Uh, oh, Fabio. Yeah, yeah. Lopiano. I re- generally like his game. So. so in Free Ring Circus, you're almost competing against the famous P.T. Barnum to create your own circus troupe that travels across North America. Uh, and to do so, you'll be playing cards out to your tableau, uh, which will trigger other benefits drawing more cards, um, making sets in particular way uh, to score points because everywhere you stop will want to see a specific circus performer or maybe a circus performer you have really works well with a different type of circus performer. Maybe it works well with a lot of penguins, who knows? Um, But it has a bit of area control, a bit of hand management, a bit of tableau building. It's a classic Euro game that looks like has been kind of polished really well i think i'm i know we talk a lot about games that push the envelope but i feel like this doesn't do that it's just going to be a really good game uh Mm -hmm. adopting a lot of existing mechanics in the board game industry 
and it's presented really well. Yeah, it looks like a pretty solid game that I'm really looking forward to play. Mm-hmm. I was I subscribed to it on BGG just because it's yeah the artwork was really nice, mm-hmm. um, very clean, very bright, um, interesting artwork. So I think the theme will draw people in, and um, yeah, I think looking forward to it. So yeah, I was reading for Roblox, and everything just made sense. It was just everything tied in well. It didn't feel like there was anything that was slapped on for the sake of slap being slapped on. I'm just looking forward to playing something that it sounds weird, but it's just like a known commodity that this I can read this rule book and tell this is, this is going to be a really solid game. Yeah, the theme mm-hmm. really brings me in here for sure. Um, that's what put it on my radar. I hope this game is really good. And if it's not, I hope that more people explore this space because I think it's a great, a great theme. Yeah, I will say, I think it has modular boards for player count, which I'm starting to think is a really good idea. You know, puzzle pieces mm-hmm. as opposed to mm-hmm. flip this board over or I'm going to supply you six boards and you just pick the one that you're playing with. Right. The classic like Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I was going to yeah. just say. Yeah. Steffenfeld. <laughs> uh, I guess the only thing is, you know, bendy boards. But look after your board game pieces. Put them under books. Take them away from humid areas. Yeah. Don't live in humid areas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for this. Yeah. And that was Free Ring Circus. My second game is from a publisher I just generally like a lot of their games. Uh, it's Lookout Games. And this one is called Forge Shuffle. And this is one that I think only like 400 copies are available at Gen Con. But the main release is going to be in October, launching in Essen. But Uh, Also in retail around the same time. And this one is a, yeah, hand management, not really deck building, but really card play focused game. Um, You're basically, you'll have a hand of cards. You have a max hand size of 10 and you can take cards from the deck or from the central tableau. The cards are multi-use. So there are some cards that are trees and you can place them as trees into into your play area. Anytime you place any card, you pay for it with cards from your hand and they go out into the central draft. So there's things that you want to pay attention to what people might want that you you would possibly discard or things that you want to hold um, and just play as a different uh, type of card because they, they are multi-use. There are cards splitting the card horizontal. So there's two sides left and right and there's cards split vertical. And so under each tree, you can place one a card on top, one card on the bottom, tucking them underneath one card on the left and one card on the right. So there's a lot of different uses for these cards. And uh, the whole game is really structured around finding combos in your hand and and trying to pull off these big combos before the deck runs out. Uh, The game ends when there are, I think, three winter cards that are pulled out that are seated Mm -hmm. to the bottom of the deck. But yeah, it seems like a very cool, very simple card-focused game that, yeah, kind of excited for, like, you know, there's a lot of giant kickstarter board games i kind of like the idea of just a deck of cards yeah this i mean i hadn't heard about this game but it sounds great you know it definitely has a uh, glory to rome vibes to it mm-hmm. uh as well as mm. race or for like the fantasy galaxy. realms where you're seeding things out and yeah that you're not yeah for sure uh, I, I agree like paying with cards the race for the galaxy style of mm-hmm. payment is just so clean and such a fun way to do it and it makes paying for things a decision because you're getting rid of those cards I, it's a great mechanic, and I'm really excited to play this one. Yeah, the mechanic also exists in Free Ring Circus. You're paying for performance oh, by cards. 
Um, what are you building up? Is it just like one tree, a forest, a forest, yeah, forest tableau? So it's like, like different trees on the left and right, and you're making. Well, you have different trees, and they attract different types of animals. Mm, so. Yeah, it seems like every tree in your forest allows for more building, or like you can put animals around it. Mm-hmm. So it seems like building trees isn't ideal, yeah. but you have to build the trees to then have the animals live there. And some of the scoring will depend on the type of trees or like different types of trees. Right. Like I'm guessing there's a lot of different um, scoring that you're you're going to try for. Very yeah, this cool. looks really good and really nice art too. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I'm I'm didn't know about this at all, and I, I'm it's shot to the top of my yes, list. Yes, I have this pre-ordered. Very good. It's only like all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, love to hear. You it. Just let us know when you don't have something pre-ordered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And we'll get right on that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and that was Forest Shuffle. Forest Shuffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next game is probably the most anticipated game of the convention overall, and that is Lorcana. Lorcana is Disney's answer to Magic the Gathering. It's put out by Ravensburger. It is a collectible card game where you open booster packs, get random cards, build a deck, and then duel an opponent. Probably primarily played as a two-player game, although you can play as a multiplayer format as well. It is a game with basically all the traditional Disney characters. So like Moana, Cinderella. Start with Moana. Yeah. Yeah, traditional. Yeah. That's my traditional. Yeah. Moana. Tra- Moana. Moana. Cinderella. I don't know what else is Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Donald <laughs> Duck. Snow White. Any Disney character, basically. Pretty much right? any Disney. This doesn't include like Marvel or Star Wars currently, although, you know, the door is wide open for those mm-hmm. to be included as well. Mm-hmm. It is a pretty basic game system where just like magic you pay mana to play cards and then instead of attacking your opponent yes it's true they're called ink Uh, instead of attacking your opponent you just turn your card sideways and it gives you a certain amount of points Uh, and first to hit 20 points is the winner the one Mm -hmm. change is that when you turn your card sideways tap it to produce points then you're opening the door that your opponent can then attack that character with one of their characters So uh, nothing can be attacked until you kind of put them out there uh, to collect points with them, which then leaves them vulnerable, which is a cool system. I don't really know how it's going to work. Do you lose those points? You never lose points. Well, maybe they could be stolen in some effect or something, but generally you're just going up. So it feels a little bit more or a little bit less aggressive than a magic would. Where Mm. you're, I do worry about that, right? Yeah. It could like prolong the end games. Or, or just like lead to lower interaction, right? If you mm-hmm. know, if you have a deck that's just like my goal is to not look at your board at all and just to tap my stuff and create as many points as possible, there will be a deck like that. It's just inevitable in this system. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to create the most exciting gameplay, uh, and it's going to create a lot of games that all feel the same. So I'm a little worried about that, but I'm sure they'll make lots of cards that break that up as well. So or like react to when something is tapped. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, this is a game where you only play cards on your turn, which, so it's a little bit more simple than a magic where you can play cards at any time. Um, but there is a really cool system of playing what, you know, we would traditionally call like a spell or an effect card. Uh, they call them songs. So you can play a song by paying ink for it. Like mana would be paid, uh, to give you an effect. That's not a character, or you can tap a character and that character can sing the song for you, and then you don't have to pay for the card at all. But leaving them vulnerable still? It does, yeah, yeah, exactly. So a lot of really interesting things. I think the largest appeal for this game is just the Disney IP. You for know? sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just going to be like the new Pokemon. Everyone's going to be wanting to collect it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be 
yeah, insanely possible. Robin popular. and I have a huge background in TCGs. Um, so we're definitely going to give this one a try. Whether or not we stick with it, who knows? But I'm excited to try something new, especially by Disney, to see what exactly they're trying to compete with Magic with. Yeah, I think it'll be super popular. I think in some ways being a collectible card game is just like you're already marked for death. You know, mm. how long do you survive? I don't know. Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, they've both survived. They have, but they're, you know, one very small percentage of the amount of games that are in this style that really? have been released. For sure. Like, oh, as in like have been released, but have since died. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, they've, they've lasted the long term. I, I would say that if Lorcana makes it like, you know, you can flesh and blood is a newer collectible mm-hmm. card game that is trying to break into the scene and has done a good job. I would say they're, you know, they're not big at all, but they're in there mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, Hearthstone did it for a while, but I don't really count the mobile games as being. Yeah, I was about mm-hmm. to say, I was like, was there a physical Hearthstone? No, because, but, yeah. you know, they kind of fit that role and made a lot of money mm-hmm. for a while. And I think Lorcana has the best chance of breaking into this scene. Well, just because the, the power of the, of the IP. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it'll be really, really interesting to see if they are able to do it. And many people believe that it's coming. So. Yeah, it's the most interesting game coming out at Gen Con. Probably the most interesting game coming out. It was out. the most lined up. The most Wonder. lined up, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think the most interesting game like in the past 10 years. It has mm-hmm. the largest chance to shake up the industry. Right. Interesting as in... An experiment. Yeah, yeah. Not, not interesting as it's the most complex or specifically intricate design. It's just the whole concept of Disney jumping into the TCG realm is... Mm-hmm. A very large industry shakeup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like this game's probably not going to be that good. No, no, but it could sell more than anyone has ever sold in the past ten years, or mm-hmm. you know, since Pokemon and Magic blew up. You know, so we'll see what yeah. happens. I'm very excited to watch. Yeah, I just want to call out one thing that I thought was actually pretty cool, and I'm pretty sure other TCGs probably did this um, as well, which is. Uh, going back to the equivalency of mana in Lorcana, so Robert mentioned you spend ink. Well, to get ink into your ink pool, uh, you actually have to pay cards. So it, certain cards will be able to be played as a character, as a song, as an action, or it just goes into your mana pool. Mm-hmm. So maybe your first hand, you draw your best Aladdin card, that your whole deck works around, but it's your only ink card because you've constructed a really poor deck, I assume. Mm. And you'll have to make that decision, you know. So um, I like that there's a risk of... Mana Flood or Mana Screw? Yeah. Well, Hearthstone was just like a, a ladder of just being able to predict how much mana you'd have available to you. But in Lorcana, it really feels like if you don't get three or four inks into your ink pool by turn four or five, then you might be not going to be doing well. Um, the World of Warcraft TCG yeah. did did this first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it'll be super interesting. That's that's uh, a definitely a unique way to do mana, and I think a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't overcomplicate it, and it keeps every card in your deck being a Disney character instead of a bunch of random mana cards that you don't need. And that's good for IP, good for theme. Anyway, that's uh, probably the most anticipated game of the con. Well, definitely the most anticipated game of the con. Probably the most anticipated game of the last 10 years. Disney's Lorcana. 
the third game for me coming out of Gen Con was actually announced quite a while ago, but the rulebook officially got published on BGG 15 days ago and holds a real dear place in my heart because it is from one of my favorite board game designers, the third of the trilogy, and it's placed in my home country. It is Great Western Trail, New Zealand. Instead of cows, we'll be transporting sheep to Wellington and similar to Great Western Trail, you kind of want a diverse collection of sheep that will let you sell those sheep to specific ports. Um, But following the theme of multi-use cards, each sheep now has a wool value. Mm -hmm. So you can either sell sheep, specifically the sheep, or you can shear them for the wool. uh, And that gives you straight up money and allows you access to other ports. Uh, In going on with tweaking the theme, we no longer have the railroad track. Instead, we have a boat system that's quite similar to Rails of the North, if you've mm-hmm. played the expansion in the original Great Western Trail, which I think might be included in second edition by default. No. Nope, doesn't exist. It's still an exam expansion. Uh, it's I really though. like Rails of the North, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but you now have a little boat that you send around, um, which can access three different types of ports. Uh, similar to Rails to the North, certain ports will give you one-time bonuses if you just put a little storehouse on there they'll give you access to higher uh, ranking ports or just ports with lower barriers of entry Um, yeah really looking forward to this there's also a bonus system now if you access certain workers or ports it lets you draw a bonus card and these are predetermined at the start of the game. I think the mm-hmm. game itself comes with 10 different bonus cards. Uh, and they're not specifically assigned to a specific point on the board. You can mix and match how you want. Um, so looking forward to, you know, adding that level of replayability. There's, uh, I'm just going for a list of minor changes because I love this game so much. Mm-hmm. There's also deck building cards. So not just sheep. There's also cards that give you a specific power where whether that might be um, drawing cards and discarding cards or adding to your gold, which is another resource in this game now. Um, But the best thing about these deck building cards is they are all triggered. Uh, Once they're all triggered, you get to draw another card. So Mm -hmm. it's not filling up your deck. Right. So not like objectives, like from the original objective card, filling it up, but more like things that will chain and... Mm -hmm. I think there still are objective cards in there, but um, these are just like super useful cards to have in your deck to give you a resource, but then not clog Mm -hmm. your deck up at the same time. Um, I like that has, well, from what it sounded like and what the artwork, well, what I saw was a little bit more focused on like the deck building mm, aspect of it. Yeah. The one last change I'll point out is the worker market is no longer tied to the game end. There is mm-hmm. a separate worker market which, and a bonus market. So the bonuses uh, can contain like one-time use abilities or whatnot. Um, and moving that down triggers game end. It's an interesting change in mechanism because it's very similar to a lot of other games. There's four columns of workers. If it's at the top, four rows of workers, if it's at the top row, it's going to cost more. Uh, and it gets cheaper as the rows fill up. So if it, you're in a game where everyone's after cowboys or the equivalent of cowboys, which I think are shepherds in this game, then it's going to cost everyone more to 
actually hire that worker. So it, you might want to wait a round or two to see how other people's strategies are shaping up before kind of dedicating yourself to a specific worker type. And everything is designed around New Zealand and the islands around New Zealand, which mm-hmm. is a huge plus for me. So really looking forward to this game. I think just by reading the rules, it might possibly be the best version of Great Western Trail. Um, I think Argentina was fun, but not really a big hit in the group. Um, New Zealand, I think, will be the best one because New Zealand is the best. <laughs> it is yeah, the best. Yes. Oh, I have it pre-ordered. <laughs> as is the theme of this this yeah. podcast um but this one just because i love the game system so mm-hmm. immediately pre-ordered when it was available yeah it's telling a lot that <laughs> the third version of the same game i think normally we'd be like what why are you doing this but great western trail is one of our favorite games the changes are at least interesting i wouldn't say they were giant in argentina and i i don't think they're giant in new zealand to be perfectly honest okay. i think they're if anything, I look at them as improvements on the base game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, lessons learned from Rails of the North, it was great, but there were some bits of Rails to the North that felt a bit exhausting to play through. Um, like, adding a whole new mechanism to Great Western Trail, where I think we got it to the point where it was identified that if you go through the trail as fast as possible because you've made a really good engine is much better than just like trying to squeeze every action as you go along. Hmm. Um, so adding a new mechanism, which Rails to the North did, mm-hmm. I felt added something new, but not necessarily something that made it better. And being able to incorporate it more into the base game as New Zealand is doing, I think it's really going to benefit that. I'm excited to play. I honestly haven't looked up much about it because I know we're going to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out when it gets here. I'm sure I'll love it. Um, I don't know. I, you know, base game is my favorite to play. I would love if this changed that, but mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see. Oh, really? I haven't actually played one minor expansion, which is the poker one, it's which so sounds small. horrible. <laughs> it's so minor. It's yeah. one tile. <laughs> one tile. Yeah. But you get to play a poker game, right? You can play a poker game. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's my most anticipated game from Gen Con. Great Western Trail. New Zealand edition. My third one was my most anticipated game at Gen Con, but I played it this morning before <laughs> this podcast. Um, so it was Federation. And this is a, a game that came out last year in Essen, but is getting its North American release now. And it is a worker placement game. I think the, well, the core thing is, is a really worker placement and, we had spoken out just previously in the podcast that it has to be something special that that kind of is wrapped around that worker placement, not just go somewhere and get some resources. Um, this one in particular, there are two sides to the workers or that that action token that you're placing out. One side is to uh, vote and Ooh. one side is to or uh, pro- provide votes like one uh, two, you have two ambassadors that have one vote, one ambassador that has two base votes, and then three votes. Um, and then another side is funding. So you're funding various projects throughout the galaxy. So the, the game is set around a galactic federation, and you are placing these workers in a senate um, that is voting and funding different projects throughout the galaxy. 
Um, so you're trying to pass laws and you're trying to, um, yeah, work towards goals uh, based on what other players are, might be doing. So it is a very interactive game. Like actually surprised me when I played it, how it gelled together, or everything kind of worked together. So I think the, yeah, like the, the main thing in the Senate is that you can take uh, actions on five different planets. Um, so planet actions, then you have uh, other other rooms in the Senate can kind of provide different modifier actions on on those that kind of provide, um, yeah, different scoring avenues. But the main thing in the game is that each time you take an action on the Senate, you have to decide whether to fund a project or to um, vote, like a basically add add a vote. So two sides Hold of the that Senate. that project? Or- uh, no, there's two sides to the Senate. And each round, you're looking at passing one of the two laws. Mm. So you can put your weight behind. And you kind of look at, want to see what other players are interested in. Because each of the scoring will apply to everybody. You know, so you're trying to go up, take these planet actions to like increase your influence. And the laws are always benefiting uh, people that have taken those actions. So uh, if you have the most influence in in a particular a planet color um other players will probably take actions on the other side of the board um to try and deny you that scoring uh, if you're leading so you have to try to like work out when to use um your votes there are certain things that modify the amount of votes so you can like kind of stockpile those um and they they basically replace the face of your worker so you can have things like that give you four votes five votes six votes and you also have like an assistant that kind of increases the votes as well are, are you doing any deduction trying to figure out like what other players want or is that open information from the beginning it's pretty there's no hidden information okay. um in the in the game really um i think what you're trying to do is um as the game develops you kind of know what has scored already and what's going to be in the sort of like law deck of laws that you'll uh, be going through because you'll go through, go through all of them mm, okay do you score in real time after a law is passed, or is it all in yeah, game? Yeah, like, no, no, so you can actually not that much in game scoring. A lot yeah. of the points come from within the game because mm. you have to, like, kind of tactically, um, yeah, wait for a time where you can score well. And there's actually these kind of mega projects which you think are in game scoring, but they're kind of a race because, like, whoever mm-hmm. does it first. So you can score pretty low and do it early and kind of guarantee that, that you've taken that action, but. You kind of wait, want to wait as long as possible um, to like maximize that those scoring opportunities. Everything you do in the game has like a major project at the top. So uh, whoever takes the action with the funding side starts moving up this little funding track, um, and it's community fun- or like everybody funds these these projects, and they uh, those are the end game scoring. So whoever has the most influence in those colors or in those uh, type of pre- projects gets 16 yeah like the most points and then the second most gets points and the third most gets points and so you're trying to yeah get a get a sense of what other people are trying to boost to to the end of that track because you only score if there's Mm -hmm. if they're fully funded um so you but that's pretty transparent right yes so you need but you need help getting to that point how so, much of this game would you say is like negotiation was there there's no negotiation none or no. like no, not even think, like as a mechanic as a group dependent yeah or 
Uh, it can be, but you're a lot of times you're boosting. You have to take these actions to to even progress in the game. Yeah. So just naturally, you'll gain influence in those colors, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, they might gain a bunch of points for doing this, but I also can like kind of tag along, right, and kind of yeah. help it. I'm personally just wondering how much of it is beat down the leader. Uh. Not too many, unless like you're really alone in an influence type, mm-hmm. um, one of the five different planets. Yeah, you're likely going to be working with somebody, and like at least one or two. Oh, that's players. what I mean, like working with somebody to beat down the leader. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> like I think there were only some in- instances where, especially early in the game, where people are like, "Okay, don't score that one because right. only one person will get mm, points." Okay, um, but. Yeah, it's very hard to. It's very hard to like beat down the leader because you everybody's building towards like all aspects of the game to it because you do have to take, you don't have to take every single uh, action and you can ignore a couple, but they're all very good, like all the all the different actions. So yeah, I'm I'm really interested in mm-hmm. this. It feels very unique. I think what Jim said is a a key. Um, fear of mine as well where in these games where generally you're jostling for position sometimes it's very clear that some people are doing better and you know it's how your group works through that um that can make or break a game oh i was picking up what you were putting down with your line of questions don't you worry (laughs) yeah uh yeah i'm I'm really excited it looks really good i i mean i love the voting aspects i love um i love how Mm -hmm. much like it feels like a lot of things are layered like when you make a choice, you're actually making a couple different choices and influencing a couple different things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it looks beautiful as well. I, I like the idea that it's, you know, it, it both physically and mechanically feels like a big game. Kind of like, mm-hmm. um, a, a, yeah, like a little bit of like a, a showstopper, like a final end of the night kind of. You play that and you feel like you've done something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've played it, so you know. But. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, I think it was surprising to everybody how... Like everything is open information, but like, I think it's very difficult to to judge like if somebody's doing well because there is that like planning you have to plan towards mm-hmm. like the points you want to get. So, okay. um, and you have to watch what everybody else is doing because there is the race aspect for those like mm-hmm. scoring aspects within the game. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely an interactive year. Yeah, this is one of the most interactive ones I've played in the last couple of years right mm-hmm. i'm struggling to find a game that uh it feels similar to like i mean yeah that it looks similar to i should say is there resources in this game yeah oh a, okay so maybe it's more euro than i think it is oh yeah it's like a resource oh okay, it's, okay. the main thing is like balancing between there's so there's one planet that uh gives you resources mm-hmm. so that's a mining planet okay, there's another okay. one that allows you to trade resources so that gives you like better better and better trades the more you use it Mm. so the first time you use an action it might be trading uh one type of resource for one other one what higher value one but then the next time you use that same action it gives you three so the same base resource will give you three of the better ones so it's like incentivizing you to use it multiplied which does increase your influence in in that planet area yeah Yeah. okay because you've used it multiple times there's another one that gives you characters and each of the uh, characters are really one-time use powers that boost all the other actions. There's another 
uh, one that gives you production. So they're production buildings that give you end of the round bonuses. Starting to sound like a classic yeah, era okay. now, yeah. Robin. I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then the last, the fifth planet is giving you modifier chips that put go on top of your workers. Oh. So they give you better bonuses when you place your workers. Jim loves that. Yeah. So your workers will diversify. Everybody's love um, diverse workers. Okay, I'm super in now. This is yeah. you know this is exactly what Best I wanted at, to stand at. Sound like best at four. Dang. Like it's definitely it's only three you of can, us today, Robin. You can do three, but I think it's better to have. There's always someone you're working with, right? In four, is there a you max know? player count? Like, is that or is four, four is the, the max? Four is the max. Four is the max. And and a lot of the, and it feels very tight at four. There at three, you do have to scale a few mm-hmm. different things a little bit. Like there are tiles that overlay and uh, scale some of the actions, but I don't know if I would play it with less than four. Cool. This is definitely one of the top games that I'm most anticipated for for this year. Mm-hmm. I've anticipated the most. This Robin year. really wants to play this game. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do. I really yeah. want to play. But I hadn't looked into it too much. Uh, mm-hmm. I looked into it like six months ago and then put it on the back burner. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm it's really, really just a theme for me. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Galactic. Oh, that Senate. I'm not into. Oh, oh that he's not I into. Like Galactic Federation. Galactic That's so cool. Galactic politics. No, let's go back to ancient Greek with our politics. The home of democracy. You can retheme it for us. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Oh, Pokemon Federation. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are federations in Pokemon, aren't there? What are they called? Leagues? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And that was Federation. All right, my last game is not really a game. Not a game at all. It's an expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an expansion for my favorite game that came out. Oh, when did this come out? Two years ago? Last year? 2021 i want to say yeah 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 um this is an expansion for arc nova arc nova marine worlds arc nova is a game where you build a zoo Mm -hmm. you are collecting animals to put in your zoo you're building enclosures on a little board you're hiring people to work in your zoo um and then you're scoring points by fulfilling contracts about you know having diversity in your zoo or having a certain amount of predators or stuff like that it's a pretty heavy, complicated game, and it's, yeah, one of my favorites for sure. Arc Nova Marine Worlds adds a marine aspect to it. So there's a new card type added, which are the marine animals. They have to all be placed in water enclosures. And there's aquariums added. That you yeah, build an aquarium. A new type of enclosure, for sure. Um, and then the other mechanic on those cards is that because they're getting added to a deck of like 300 cards, mm-hmm. you're not going to see them as often. They have a mechanic where... When you reveal a card with a wave, you search through the deck until you find another card with a wave and you put it into the card row that can be then put into your zoo. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it moves the card row faster. Yeah, yeah. Which is something I think I would enjoy. Like, I think once you've played a couple hundred games of, or not a couple hundred, but once you've played around a hundred yeah. games, you start to notice that the card row really matters and it does move quite fast. Um, you're jostling for position on it. Uh, so that's good. I, I don't think it needs changes to the base game, but more movement is more exciting and will make for, you know, just a little more tension there as maybe the card you really want is suddenly swept away by the, you know, by the wave or <laughs> it's uh, it's more dynamic. Yeah, I'm kind of a two minds because the more you play the game, the more you rely on the space of that yes. card row. And it's like, oh, I need that card, but I can wait a second. Mm-hmm. I can wait a couple turns um, like the. The person's not at the same reputation track, so they can't qualify to grab it and, and things like that. But 
Um, I think because of the the addition of it, it's, it's pretty simple addition. And it's a lot of things that people complain about is that they're really looking for a certain types of cards. Uh, while I play very tactically to my hand and mm-hmm. to the board state, uh, but it probably will address those concerns where people want the card row to move faster. Yeah, because it's not just new aquamarine animals. It's also a quality of life change to the existing base game for that particular strategy that you just mentioned. There's a bunch of cards um, that do let you go through the deck and find something that mm-hmm. you want to actually use. Oh, for yes, better or yeah. for worse. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, it, it was, it's fun. It's been fun. Their reveal, because it's very Magic for Gathering-esque. They yeah, got true. like a whole bunch of mm-hmm. reviewers and board game personalities to like show off a single card and talk about the new mechanics of the game. And I think that was a really smart move. I think if you're a production company and you're doing an expansion, this is it's just the best way to do it. Um, if you're big enough, that is. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if things like you know wingspan or terraforming mars start giving one card to a bunch of creators and then literally it's all over the internet for a week and then kickstarter starts and everyone gets to go and and buy it so yeah i think it's a great great way to do it um the last thing that it adds is new action cards so you draft action cards at the beginning of the game uh and previously all your actions were the same and now they are all unique so I think you draft two at the beginning and they slightly change what your actions can do. Are they upgrades on existing actions or they're just different? Yeah, no, they're, they're, yeah, they're better versions of, okay. of existing ones. So, so it, it kind of accelerates the game a bit? It would accelerate the game for sure, but yeah. it would also just kind of create a little niche that you have mm-hmm. that no one else has and influence your strategy going forward in the game. That's actually an interesting question I have for both of you because you guys have played much more Arknova than I have. Do you prefer the asymmetric maps or would you prefer just everyone playing base game? I think I like asymmetric. Like yeah. I think it gives you a direction in, in most cases. Yeah, I think asymmetric is more interesting. When you play ranked online, you get you just both play the same map. Okay. Which I think if you're really worried about, you know, balance or anything like that, mm-hmm. it, you know, just like the way the Castles of Burgundy does it, you just play the same map and it's a different experience, but you're on the same playing field but in real life who cares you know all the maps are interesting and you're generally going to get around the same point average as someone else mm-hmm. while using a different map mm-hmm. yeah it's less about competitive integrity and more about what you just find fun mm-hmm. yeah i definitely find i at first i didn't understand why you would ever play the other maps uh yeah I, that, that harkens back to that callback because i think you made that comment to me yeah I, I was like, why are these all in here? And now that I've played it a hundred times, I'm like, oh, yeah, each of these maps has a unique puzzle mm-hmm. that adds to the game, and I understand why they're here. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're playing for the first time, or maybe even like the first five games, just play on the basic map with the intro starter. Get that, get that free hex yeah. enclosure. Yeah. It's, get it. you know, it's like a 10 to 20 minutes that you don't have to put into the game. Right. It will just end shorter. There's no reason not to play with it. It will make your game more enjoyable for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love Arc Nova. I, I'm a little scared about this expansion because, you know, I don't know how much more I need in that j- deck of giant cards. I don't know how many more mechanisms I need in this game. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely check it out and I will definitely enjoy trying the new things. That's Arc Nova Marine Worlds. 
runner-ups? A lot of mine runner-ups are expansions. So oh. um, it is... Iki has an expansion coming, Akabono, yep. which adds like a new mechanisms. I mean, I'll see, you know, how people's reaction. I, f- I think the game was great as is. So uh, see if people think it's worthwhile. Uh, usually unlikely <laughs> the new expansion is uh, worthwhile, but we'll see. Cascadia Landmarks is, is one that yeah. I think could add a lot to the game. It's like, I think just one more step is, is not bad for something that light. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's such a popular game. It's going to keep people playing it, get people into the hobby more. It, mm-hmm. It's great. Revive Call of the Abyss is is another one that is coming out. And, you know, after playing a Revive maybe six, seven times, I think it does need something injected into it. Um, like, like a theme. Like a theme, <laughs> yes. But, the yeah, I think the end game tile variability isn't enough really in in mm-hmm. revive to really you know have a permanent place in my collection so i hope an expansion really addresses like variability or things that change up uh, each game age of innovations is on this list mm-hmm. yep. sarah talked about it last week you know i've pre-ordered it so we'll hopefully get to get it to the table when it gets here yeah that'll be popular for sure uh search for lost species this is Planet, mm, X, yeah. Planet X 2.0. Oh. Uh, could be interesting. There's a Oh No Volcano. Oh No Volcano. Which you is... want this because of the name? No, it's uh, <laughs> PWH. Oh, Phil Walker Harding. <laughs> yeah. P-dubs. P-dubs. Mm-hmm. P-dubs. Uh, you know Plinko? No. You know? All the little... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you like put the thing down and it goes... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> you have meeples that are walking up the plinko things and then people drop things down to knock them off oh no oh, oh no okay no. okay yeah. okay yeah. seems good there's a star trek uh escape room coming out yeah i saw that one yeah that looks interesting there's a new version of gold west which i think we all like mm-hmm. but it looks very similar it does yeah it's the, just you can't think really find some, it anymore yeah but New I think expansions. Last time we played, I forgot we had to feed our people. You had to feed your people. Uh, they be eating wood. Now, some of the Pandasaurus ones look look good, but oh, they're yeah, hit the card games. After Us emerge. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, After yeah. Us, the, yeah. the monkey one. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. So that wraps up our post Gen Con podcast. There's a bunch of games we're looking forward to play, and we assume you have a list too. Feel free to jump on our Discord server, it's linked in the description below, and we'd love to talk to you about things that you might want to play. We're happy to have Amy back with us on this episode, and we can't wait for next week, where we talk about more great board games. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. I'm going to type my password into the chat again by accident <laughs> maybe i just typed oh god <laughs> you can't delete messages oh my god what it's just a, a like... word with a capital with oh. a character with some numbers after it Ooh. but every card can be in ink that's not true oh are, are you sure yes they have a specific background on their cost to say whether or not they can be used as ink oh. can we use that sound effect like that's not true that's not true that's not true that's not true true. yeah that's not true that's not true that's not true
I think I pick like the three most three of the most what's the word where it's like well, highest on the hotness sure list. that's yeah anticipated anticipated that's yeah. the mm-hmm. one I'm looking for mm-hmm. um, well that's cause you're so basic Robert. <laughs> I <Yeah>. am <laughs> apparently I'm just looking at this list I'm like wow these are as basic as it gets don't you put it in your address I do and they don't they just like drive past see it's a buzzer system and oh. just leave no you have to do very <laughs> explicit press then what the frick I <laughs> what address did you put Jim <laughs> yeah. we don't have to go into that <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. I don't know I'm, I'm not like super invested in it I don't know how to play these games it's like so. it's very simple yeah, it's very oh. simple this is the this is the time oh. because it's the first set of it right. so it'll be very simple okay and I just have to keep them in a closet for a while. Yeah. Yes. In case That's, they increase in value. Yeah. Yeah. How many how, how many, many are SM? Yeah, how many are Essen? Okay, Google. How many people went to Essen? No, not to Ascend. No. <laughs> how many uh, ascended? 